drawing the rumpled missive from her pocket and offering it to him. His curiosity did not seem piqued, so she added, She sounds rather distraught. Distraught? He did not go so far as to set aside his work, but at least he lowered it. Well, perhaps I put it too strongly, but I know Celeste, and there is definitely an anxious undercurrent to her message. She has returned from her marriage trip and settled into her new home in Moorcastle. Now she asks for my company. Why, is she unwell? Despite himself, her brother displayed concern. Drusilla knew he was fond of her girlhood friend. Celeste had spent so much time in their home, she was practically a fixture of the house. Drusilla privately suspected Edwin had even entertained notions of offering for her hand. But that had never happened. Instead, Celeste stunned everyone this last year by suddenly choosing to marry a wealthy gentleman with a country estate in Cornwall. Taking pity on Edwin, Drusilla assured him, "'Of course she is well. I am sure she is enjoying more sunshine and fresh air than either of us have seen for a season.' Edwin's relief turned to annoyance. "'Then what is so urgent it couldn't wait until tea?' "'Kindly allow me to finish, dear brother, and you shall find out.' Celeste certainly sounds to be in good health, but there is something troubling her. I suspect it may have to do with her new husband or his family. She did not name the problem in so many words, of course, but it is clear she is most anxious. Deep unease stirred within her as she remembered a particular passage from the letter. Please come to me, dearest Scylla. I shall feel safe with you near. Safe? Such an odd choice of words. Drusilla suppressed a shiver, but did not quote the passage to Edwin, for she felt that would be a betrayal of Celeste's confidence. Besides, the hint of danger it suggested would disturb her brother and run counter to her purpose. Already Edwin was frowning as he assumed a lecturing tone. "'Other people's marital bliss, or lack of it, is their own affair, Drusilla. I'm sure you are reading too much into this. There was probably some little kerfuffle between Celeste and her husband.' She penned an agitated letter to you and forgot the matter soon after posting it. The married state is made up of such tempests in teapots. As if you would know. She refrained from speaking the words aloud and smoothed her skirts instead. If you say so, dearest. She was always most outwardly docile when inwardly determined to dig in her heels. She knew by her brother's narrowed eyes he was aware of the meaning behind her soft words and careful rearrangement of silk. His forehead creased, and he tried reasoning with her next as she had known he would. Even given there was truly some problem with Celeste's new family, I fail to see what you expect me to do about it. What I expect of you is precisely nothing. I simply came down to inform you of my plans to depart for Cornwall before the week is out. Celeste needs my support. I've set one of the maids to packing my things now, and sent a footman out to check the train schedule. Edwin rubbed wearily at his high forehead, suddenly looking older than his years. Drusilla tilted her head to one side, to consider his unfortunate pallor in the grey light filtering through the window. He spent far too little time enjoying himself out of doors, she decided, and expended too much energy dabbling in politics. But apart from his paleness and the faint rings beneath his green eyes, he remained a fine-looking man. His wavy golden hair was the opposite of her own dull black mane, and he had inherited the soft, narrow features of their deceased mother.